Hello, everybody, and welcome um, back to the Lucas High Podcast. I've got a good long cast coming for you guys to get today. It's very special to me. Um, it's not health and fitness related as it comes to uh, people, which you're normally used to. But I have my mom on today. Uh, she works with my dad, who's a veterinarian, and she is very knowledgeable when it comes to pet and health nutrition. I know a lot of people have pets out there, and I thought it was important to take this and bring the information to you guys because I've heard many people talk about pet nutrition on different podcasts, and I've heard my mom talk about it and go deep into um, certain effects that certain foods have on pets or whatever it may be. And I think she has a lot of good information. She's also helped me with my nutrition and my performance. And today I just wanted to bring her in for a conversation on specifically uh, pet nutrition and focusing on that. And I think it'll be a lot of good information for all of you that have pets out there. Uh, the one thing that was always important to me that's, that's been um, very interesting for me is that, uh, what is it? There's a quote, not a quote, a saying that, we always ask people what their pets eat. We don't ask people what people eat. People get a little uh, offended by that sometimes. And we don't really think about what we feed our pets. We'll ask them about their diet, but we don't really think about it too much. So uh, I wanted to bring my mom on and talk about that. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Of course. this is. I'm very excited for this. I love doing these interviews. And I was glad I was able to bring you on Um because of the information that you have available and I know you're going to be able to talk very good about it and very in depth. So the first thing I want to start with is how did you start going like into this pet nutrition direction because I I've, I've seen you kind of pivot to focus a lot on diet and those types of things and more holistic approach when it comes to pet medicine and everything like that. Well, I guess that started um, even before you and your brother and sister were born. It uh, goes back to, first of all, my roots, because I am from Germany, and uh, I was treated holistically. Um, there was, of course, regular medicine available and used at the time as well, but originally it was all naturopathically. And when certain conditions came up or just uh, in general, we would go every once in a while. Actually, it started probably before I was born because my mom went to a naturopath uh, for her pregnancies. And um, so I knew the stories about it. And I actually knew the naturopath that she used for that. So uh, anyway, um, at that point... Um, once I had you guys, I wanted you to be as healthy as possible. And um, so I thought about that more. And it's sort of always connected to my roots. First of all, I would go food shopping every single day and try and pick fresh vegetables and fruits and mm -hmm. uh, um, to feed you guys right. And um, with the pets at that point, I didn't, didn't really think as much about it. I wasn't as focused. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, over time, I would I was joke. I say, you know, you have five dogs with the same condition, on the same antibiotic, and you can have five different outcomes. How so? Mm -hmm. And um, so, um, feeding you guys and you specifically going to your tennis academy, um, we dabbled a little bit more. I know. Um, 
your dad comes from a different um, upbringing, so mm. um, he loved going out and um, uh, loved eating out, and um, I didn't enjoy it as much. I mean, I loved the break, but for me, having a whole home-cooked dinner with you guys, yeah. um, picking the ingredients was uh, something that mm. just rang true to me yeah. more. Well. Real quickly, yeah, I can definitely notice that is um, w- growing up and we really, the quality of food here is real good and I love the cooking and it's definitely different because I don't eat out anymore and that was something that I definitely transitioned to and I learned from you and it's it's really hard to find, I guess the, before we tie it into the t- pet food anyway, um, I guess it could be really difficult to even find places to eat that are even that good anyway for you. Um, or quality wise, right? right? So coming home and cooking and having this kind of connection with your food and everything is, it seems to be really helpful. And I've noticed that a lot too, as I've started to cook a little bit more for myself and I feel I have more of a connection with what I'm eating and understanding it more, even though I've always been tied in with my diet these past four or five years, it's been real specific for me. So that's definitely something I've learned and drawn from. And is that something you would say that, before we go back into how you got into everything, I just want to quickly touch on this. Is that something you we have to take more of an approach when it comes to our pets? I think um, people don't nece- people don't necessarily think about species specific foods. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, s- you know, people like to feed specifically their dogs with the foods that they have. Mm-hmm. And they think, you know, cookie is a treat, but um, it might not be the best for a dog because a dog is a carnivore. So we have to, even with treats, maybe think about different treats that are more species Mm -hmm. appropriate. And I don't think you can feed a carnivore like a rodent. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, no, that perfectly makes sense because that even gets... Uh, this will get real deep. I really want to touch on, um, uh, let's touch on this really quick, but it has to do with how uh, I know one of the reasons is um, you have hindgut fermenters, and if you feed them certain things like meat and everything, they don't process it as well, right? Or they can't even process it. Is that true? That, that's right. So mm-hmm. you have different um, digestive systems, yeah. and that's why I think it's important to feed them specifically. Okay. So you have ruminants like your cow. Yeah. And then you have hindgut fermenters like your horse and you okay. have carnivores. Yeah. So you have different uh, species. Yeah. You know, like you have, you know, even birds are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, that makes sense. Okay. And <laughs> let's reel it in a little bit more because we're going to start getting into a bunch of different topics. I can already tell. Um, there was a, so the one thing with dogs real quick. Uh, can they cross o- just this is a question I have for myself can they cross over just a little bit more because I know cats are, are obligate carnivores right obligatory carnivores yeah they yes. have to eat and I know that this but this has been really popularized I know Joe Rogan's um, I know you don't listen to Rogan but I have and this is a popular topic it's even in his comedy that even vegans are starting to um, not to knock on vegans or anything but they're starting to feed their cats all vegetables and they really struggle right right uh, because they can't even process it right. and do are dogs able to cross over a little bit more or are they also obligate carnivores? They are not obligatory carnivores like cats. Mm-hmm. Um, like 
if you think back how they evolved, so mm-hmm. they were wolves first. Yeah. And they would just eat meat, um, mm-hmm. maybe some berries. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the meantime, since dogs evolved, there are 36 uh, genetic mutations. So dogs can actually eat certain foods and process it. So they would follow people um, and then, you know, tribes would get rid of their old food mm-hmm. or throw things out and dogs would actually eat on that. So dogs can eat things that wolves probably won't eat. So wolves have to eat fresh foods, whereas okay. dogs can eat some foods that maybe are not quite as fresh or there are more carbs in it, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, oh man, I can already see the rabbit holes a- appearing and wanting to go down them. <laughs> but um, is that even, bet- so you're saying that... Uh, that totally makes sense to me that uh, different tribes would split off and then over time they'd evolve with their food and how they eat and just on a logical sense, an evolution sense, that they would then not be able to process things as well. And I don't have any evidence for this, but I, I kind of think in my head that you would even see that between different groups of people that they function different better on certain types of food where like someone from america would function differently than someone from asia um is that do you see that between breeds of dogs where certain types of breeds uh can't eat as well on certain foods and other breeds can is that because i know there's more variation between them right than we even have with people i believe at this point i think um the dog food industry and science has figured out dog breed specific foods. Okay. So, I, I believe if I'm not co- if um, if I'm correct on this, Chihuahuas, for example, can eat more carbs. Okay. Um, a well, German I, Shepherd, for mm-hmm. example, also mm-hmm. needs um, specific um, medium chain oligosaccharides because they tend mm. to get uh, diarrhea. And they have a shorter um, tract, and their pH is different. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, before we before we continue, because mm-hmm. I can again, I, I'm I'm already seeing these. I've I feel like I have let this already get out of control with um, topics, but it's very interesting. And um, with the Chihuahuas, I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Because they used to eat them, right? Is that that would they were they used to? I guess they would fatten them up and then eat them. Aztecs would, I believe. I don't know. I don't know the history on that for sure. I, I might just be pulling that out of my butt, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, you might be right on that one. Yeah. But uh, I know chows mm. were used to. Okay. They were bred in China. And, and I guess if eaten, you and they still have. I guess if you wanted to fatten them up, you feed them lots of carbs, right? And yes, probably because it's probably. the cheapest. Okay. That's what that's what dry food is nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the dry food is. Um, you know, highly processed, the most mm-hmm. processed food, and then you yeah. have to um, add carbs to it. Yeah. And then, okay, I've let this um, spiral way out of control, but let's bring it back to where you started. And so you were saying that you really started to then get into pet food and uh, focus a lot after you've always been into the nutrition aspect. And when we were born, it was a big focus on things that we eat because you wanted us to be healthy as possible. And uh, I've seen the effects of that today. And then you've been working with dad for a long time, who, who's a, vet- a veterinarian for those who don't know. And what, when, when did that focus, um, the interest and the passion come up for dog and pet nutrition, if I'm getting that right? Because again, I don't know the whole timeline. Um, but you've been in the, the pet industry for a long time. I mean, you moved over here from Germany 
and you were with a, a very famous, a fairly famous vet, right? Uh, Dr. Uh, well, there were a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I worked at Penn. Yes. Yeah. So you worked at Penn and you've been, so you've been in the pet industry how long now? Like, mm, I want to say 28 years, 28 years. So again, it, you have your experience and I want to know, I want to know, uh, is there a point in time where you decided you were like, oh, th- th- I'm seeing something with this food here and, or has it always been there? Um, I think I've always been curious, mm-hmm. so I always questioned, and I didn't want to just learn something. I wanted to understand things, mm-hmm. So, and I observe. So one, one of the things that I observed, and this is wi- you know, widely known, is cows, for example, the corn-fed cows um, that get grain. Um, after a while, they get sick, so you have to give them antibiotics in order to actually mm-hmm. um, you know, to be healthy if you want to call that healthy. But if you take that cow and you actually put it on pasture, mm-hmm. you put it back and um, they become healthy again because mm-hmm. it actually gets the nutrition to feed the bacteria that live in the gut. Mm-hmm. And those bacteria actually are the ones that feed the cow. Mm-hmm. So that I thought was curious. And then, you know, over time we Wh- had cats, for when example. Sorry, uh, when did you start seeing that though? When you were, when you were seeing... Uh was that a long time ago? Yeah, I can't pinpoint that. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, we would have cats that were diabetic and they usually, and then I guarantee you they're 99%, 99.9% of the time they're on dry food. Mm-hmm. They're usually obese and uh, they're diabetic. But then you start switching the food and you put them on a uh, wet food diet that has less carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose the weight and uh, a lot of times you can actually reverse diabetes. So I think that's curious. That's mm-hmm. interesting. For me at, at that point, it was very interesting to just look into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are uh, incidences you come across over and over and then you figure out, well, m- maybe there's something behind it. But in general, even f- with uh, cooking for you guys, I was uh, and I planted... Uh, you know, I always had a vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious why, you know, certain ingredients would go together. You usually have like tomatoes and basil or mm-hmm. you would have, um, you know, apple pie and cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, there were. And, and I had a long ride to work, so I always had time to think about certain mm-hmm. things and I read a lot of stuff. So so I could uh, veer off into other subjects here. Mm-hmm. Um and then you went to your tennis academy, and uh, the one thing I noticed right away, within two weeks you were sick mm-hmm. or injured. And um, all the kids were injured, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so we didn't want to really put you on any kind of medication because you didn't have any kind of medication before. So um, I remember asking you on the phone, I said, well, what are you eating? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you kind of went through like well pancakes in the morning yeah. and waffles and toast mm-hmm. and then it went to a pasta lunch and mm-hmm. a pasta dinner right yeah and I thought man that's kind of crazy because that's not how I would feed you at home mm-hmm. um, we came across a book and uh, I think it was the paleo for the athlete yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I've talked about this a little bit this right. that's kind of where I started right. was uh, the paleo diet for athletes and Mm-hmm. And I guess your dad at that point had started listening to Ben Greenfield mm-hmm. and he had really interesting podcasts yeah, mm-hmm. at that time. And I had taken a class that I w- was a requirement for vet school mm-hmm. um, that was about animal nutrition yeah, mm-hmm. and feeding animals. So um, 
it was curious. I was just curious about the different uh, digestive tracts and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so questioning a lot of things, questioning ingredients, questioning um, how it affected animals or how it affected people. That's sort of where that came from. Mm-hmm. And then we, I gave you recommendations what you should buy down there and yeah. you should not be eating certain things and we cut out the sugars and we cut out the uh, pastas and so forth and I remember sending you uh, things or coming uh, to the academy bringing you even food mm-hmm. um, and you did better and then you actually for yourself you can comment on that mm-hmm. you saw a big difference where you wouldn't you weren't injured and you yeah. recovered faster mm-hmm. than all the guys that were on your team correct? yeah Oh, no, I, I definitely functioned a lot better. And so I I definitely saw an improvement in my nutrition and things I've noticed as I've learned that, and again, I'm not an expert. This is a little disclaimer for everybody. I don't. This is all my own kind of interpretations. You guys know I love to put the disclaimer in just to be safe. And I don't really, I see a lot of issues with, um, what is it, uh, general health and nutrition kind of advice. And so I want to, let's pivot to this, to the pet food, because I know that that is your strong suit to say, you're very aware of nutrition and everything. And I've just, the information that you have available for pet food, I want to hit on that. What are, what is like a pervasive problem that you see in, I guess, the pet world today when it comes to food? What's one of the biggest problems that you see? Well, I have to say um, that the um, the attitude about pet food is somewhat changing, at least where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be, you know, dry food uh, was the best thing, and it would, uh, you know, dry food was the best, and it would help clean the teeth, which I found very curious because for the past 28 years, I've been cleaning dogs and cats' teeth, and I could always tell which dog was on dry food and which dog wasn't. Mm-hmm. So... Um, how does that how does that happen with a? Uh, I know there's a lot of issues with dry food, uh, well, so let's let's start, let's start with that. Let's start with dry food. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the teeth because you're you're mentioning that already. Uh, how does that happen? Um, what exactly happens to the teeth when they're on dry food all the time? And uh, how does that occur? And yeah, I guess let's let's go from there. How does that occur? Well, the way I explain it, the way I think about it is, mm-hmm. if you look actually at the denture the dentition of a dog or a cat. Mm-hmm. They don't really have molars, meaning yeah. cats don't have like t- two tiny molars that are hidden that they can't really use. Mm-hmm. We call them molars. And then uh, dogs don't really have that many molars either. So mm-hmm. molars are for grinding. So yep. the more grinding you do, the more molars you have. Dogs have incisors, they have canines, and they have premolars, and they act like scissors. So they're supposed to grab the prey they're supposed to mm. bite out a chunk and then they kind of swallow it. They don't really do a lot of chewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and dry if food requires them to chew a lot. Well, mm. that was s- explained to, you know, owners mm. that the dry food therefore would help oh, with the chewing and clean their teeth. Okay. So a lot of people always thought, well, dry food would, would help with that. But for myself i thought well that doesn't make sense why do i see all these dogs and cats with really bad teeth and they're mm-hmm. on 100 percent dry food so that didn't make sense to me and um um you know logically i was thinking well if you've ever stepped on a kibble it breaks into a million pieces mm-hmm. so if you're biting on it it's like biting on a cookie and a 
you know, dry cookie, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So where does that clean the teeth? And for yourself, if you bite, if you bite into a carrot, mm-hmm. you have a cleaner feeling for the tooth in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you eat cookies, you kind of feel that filmy, like this, mm-hmm. like that biofilm cakes on your teeth, building on your teeth. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, um, since we had, even with you guys, we had cut out a lot of sugars. We had mm-hmm. cut out the wheat. Um, I noticed, for example, um, even with your brother, even when we would go to the dentist, that all of a sudden we didn't really have any dental calculus anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we still don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. With dogs, it's kind of the way I exp- the way I think of it. It's similar. Mm-hmm. So if you eat a kibble, which is high in carbs, um, mm-hmm. the regular kibble, mm-hmm. um, it's it's sort of a carb as a sugar, mm-hmm. right? So, or it turns into a sugar, put it Mm -hmm. that way. And your mouth is, in general, a dark, uh, moist spot with bacteria. Mm -hmm. And bacteria love to use uh, sugars. Okay. And they love to grow in that kind of environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, your biofilm which is your bacteria, turns the sugars then with minerals and so forth into tartar. Okay. And that's how it builds up on your teeth. Okay. So and it functions the same way in dogs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they have different types of bacteria in their mouth from eating different things over the time, or is it pretty similar? Well, every, every um, mouth has a ton of bacteria. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is that a, a person's mouth actually has worse bacteria than a dog's mouth <laughs> oh okay so. <laughs> interesting <laughs> you so don't want to get bitten by a person you want if you have a choice between a dog and a person you would probably pick the dog <laughs> <laughs> okay and then um so what are some of the other issues you see with dry food that uh that occur dry foods if you think about how it's made so in general it's not the best quality meat that goes into dry food so it's the cuts that don't get used anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of uh, older meat. It's uh, a dirtier meat mm-hmm. and it's n- not really good meat that goes into it. So then it gets cooked for a very long time in order to kill all the bacteria that are in it. So it gets cooked for a very long time. So mm-hmm. it gets processed. Now we both know that even when you have a fever, a lot of your enzymes, which are proteins, will uh, not be value, uh, not be by it. Um, What's the right word I'm looking for? Um, vital anymore. Mm-hmm. Or um, lose efficacy because of the increase in temperature. Now, if you're cooking proteins on a high temperature, it breaks then down obviously, those proteins. yeah, the question is how helpful are they still? How bioavailable are they? What is mm. actually left? Yeah. Um, and in order to keep protein in a kibble, if you've ever made meatballs, Mm-hmm. You have to add some sort of carb or a binder to the meat, otherwise it falls apart. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's those are the first two things. The other thing is too, since you're cooking at such high temperatures for a long time, you're kind of cooking everything out of it. So if you look at the ingredient list of dry food, regular dry food, mm-hmm. it's usually pretty long and they have to add everything back in. So mm-hmm. it becomes a cardboard in my mind, mm-hmm. and then in order to be um, palatable for dogs and cats, 
mm-hmm. they have to actually spray it with um, um, they spray it so that it has taste and that it smells like something. Oh, what do they spray it with? Uh, I didn't even know that. Well, they spray it with uh, taste, like with, um, you know, if it's a beef kind of taste, then oh. it gets sprayed. So mm-hmm. with some chemicals that, you know. I'm guessing that has its own whole slew of issues that come with it. Well, otherwise it wouldn't be palatable anymore. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Dogs and cats would, you know. And then I always say, well, if your dog or cat actually doesn't like the food, you know, they're not really eager to eat. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the food, you know. Yeah. They'll probably eat because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. but they might not like the food or it might not be yeah. good for them and they kind of know that if they eat it, maybe they have a stomach ache afterwards and you don't know mm-hmm. why they're throwing up. Yeah, because pets aren't telling you that. Right. They don't tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. Or why do they get anxious a few hours later? Okay. So that's the other thing. So so even issues like that can arise because you just mentioned the anxiety. So what does that look like for pets in general? Because I, I really don't know what pet anxiety looks like. Oh, some of them will pace, they will pant, they will mm-hmm. bark, um, yeah. they will move or, you know, they have a hunched back. There, I mean, there's different ways of, yeah. of uh, expressing that. And you would say yeah. that could arise from the diet? Yeah, I'm convinced it can arise from the diet if it's the wrong diet. We had dogs that um, um, were on regular foods that were very sick, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't want to say that we're healing them. Uh, or curing them in any way, but um, they're they came to us. They significantly f- improved. Right, right, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still alive, although they had a, you know, they were told they're only going to live three months, or yeah. you know, they'll never be off the medication, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to say that every case um, has that kind of uh, outcome. Mm-hmm. However, we've seen plenty of uh, pets where we just switch the food around. Yeah, um, where they were more comfortable, because sometimes. You know, you can't really do much more because there's a lot of damage done when there's age, there's mm-hmm. disease. You can't necessarily reverse the disease, but you can make them more comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a, a pet lover, for mm-hmm. me, comfort is very important for a pet. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the um, dry food is probably something that I don't recommend unless yeah. it's maybe, maybe a dehydrated raw diet uh, where you just rehydrate it back. How does that work exactly? Well, there's a process of re- of dehydrating mm-hmm. them um, just by uh, low heat and yeah. uh, dry temperatures. So, what's typically in those types of foods? Well, if it's a, it depends on the brand. But if it's a, you know, dehydrated raw diet, it's raw meat. Yeah. Okay. If it's mm-hmm. dehydrated. Yeah. You know. And so, do you suggest uh, raw diets then? In general? Well, we do suggest raw diets, but not every animal will do well on a raw diet. Mm -hmm. So I don't really recommend it for puppies. Okay. And the reason why I don't recommend it for puppies is because I think uh, it takes time for them to actually... um, uh, If you think about a a wolf cub that... um, Mm that doesn't have a choice between dry food and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, wet yeah. food or anything mm-hmm. like that. But the wolf would go out, would hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, they then bring, you know, they they actually eat mm-hmm. uh, their prey yeah. and then they bring it back to the den. Okay. There, you will see the puppies go and they lick their the corners of the mouth and the 
the uh, dog, the, the wolves, mm-hmm. will then regurgitate the food. Hmm. What that does, so it's it's basically pre-digested yeah. food. Okay. Now with that, after they're weaned or as they're being weaned, mm-hmm. you know, before that they're nursing. Yeah. After that, the um, the pups will actually, uh, or cubs, they will um, eat that regurgitated food, which sounds pretty gross, but there are enzymes well, a lot of, in A lot it. of animals do it. Birds do it. It's just something that people don't do. But Actually, that's not quite true. Really? There are tribes that will oh, actually okay, okay. do that where they, yeah. Like chew the food. And chew the food for the kids and then um, oh, okay, interesting. for the babies. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has a Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true, especially in a tribe setting. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you can feel free to go deeper into it and everything. Um, but then on what happens when a... What types of animals do you... or I'm looking for the words. Oh, So you don't recommend raw food to the puppies, right? No, and for sick animals, I don't recommend it either. And for very old animals, I don't necessarily recommend it either. I think it's uh, better for them to have more of a uh, home-cooked diet. Uh, mm-hmm. It has to be balanced, though. There's one thing I w- want to put out there. Um, it's not just about getting you know, a steak or ground beef and then just feeding it to the dog. It has to be balanced. So okay. they do need, uh, you know, they need uh, meat, muscle meat, organ meat, and they do need uh, vitamins and minerals. Okay. So it has to be balanced. That's okay. key. Um, and for different life stages, they need that as well. And um, again, for dogs, they need a few um, carbs, meaning uh, certain fruits and vegetables, that we recommend as well and they mm-hmm. need the appropriate oil okay so it, it has to be a little bit balanced mm-hmm. um in order for the dogs to be healthy because we've seen cases where uh one time we had someone had a cat um very expensive cat and the gentleman obviously meant extremely well for the cats mm-hmm. uh, he had several cats but one of them always had a uh, broken bones and it was a young cat and mm. we figured out that he was feeding um rabbit meat but okay just rabbit meat there were okay. there were no bones in it mm-hmm. um so he spent a lot of money on this and he had the butcher fillet it out and so forth mm. but um that wasn't enough minerals to keep the bones strong okay. so that's for example one thing mm-hmm. yep so you can't just go and buy meat mm-hmm. and then feed it to the dogs yeah so even with the food that we have, um, we go to the butcher and I have a mix that I pick mm. of organ meats and uh, other meats. And uh, mm-hmm. I usually mix uh, chicken and beef um, and then we bring it home and then we mix it at home with certain vegetables. Okay. Yeah. Is there vegetables that dogs function better on uh, as opposed to other ones? Well, it's um, a good question. I mm-hmm. think there are certain, I guess, in some ways I don't necessarily think about the vegetables that we feed because I've already picked them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think sweet potato is something good. Um, I'd stay away from potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feed a lot of peas. Mm-hmm. But I do like zucchinis. So okay. Um, Why is that? 
proteins are actually used in dog foods, but okay. they're used as a protein. Um, yeah, no, so they make pea proteins for people. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Right. Um, but being, you know, dealing with carnivores, I always wonder whether we're just increasing the protein content on the food label. Okay. Or is it really bioavailable? So I'm not looking for protein the way we feed. I'm looking for a vegetable. Mm-hmm. So I cho- choose carrots, mm-hmm. maybe some uh, blueberries as a fruit mm-hmm. because of the antioxidants. Okay. But it's not that much. We yeah. have more meat yeah, yeah, yeah. going in. And then uh, I just want to ask you real quick. I hear this word thrown around a lot is bioavailable. And... Um, I even say it myself too, but what what do you mean by that uh, bioavailable and how are, I guess, other foods more bioavailable than other foods? Just a, like a quick basic breakdown um, on that definition, I guess, because mm-hmm. that can be, I, that, I guess that's one of those words that can kind of be overused and mm-hmm. uh, like this is bioavailable, but if you don't really know what that means, it can be kind of a problem. Well, my thought on that is we all have evolved to eat certain things Mm -hmm. right yeah and um we kind of know so we can usually use the whole food or um in order to uh, to digest it i'm not sure um how to explain it Mm -hmm. um then just feel free to so anyway um for me the question uh, like when I think about things um, on my car rides, mm-hmm. if in this country specifically, if you have bread, cereals, milk, orange juices, and they're all fortified with either vitamin D and C, uh, v- sorry, not vitamin D and C, vitamin D and calcium, mm-hmm. if you have them all fortified, why do we see osteoporosis? Okay. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Why do we see it? We shouldn't be seeing it at all because you have vitamin D in there and you have calcium and yeah. Okay. Right? So why those are the m- some of the major components mm-hmm. for your strong bones. Right? Yeah. So you know that's sort of a basic thought. Why are we supplying it? Or even if you take a vitamin C um, supplement, mm-hmm. you know you can take what fifty thousand units, and they tell you that most of it you probably urinate out yeah mm-hmm. so why does it make sense yeah okay and why wouldn't you take less of something if it's you know why would you want to wash it out so but if you think about the foods that we eat um, if you think of an orange or even lemon mm-hmm. um, you can actually take the entire molecule because you're meant you evolved to eat or drink that mm-hmm. so you probably need less of an orange or an, a lemon to take the vitamin C content that you need. Is it also possible that when you're changing the 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 mechanism of, by the way, it's delivered into the body, so say by eating the actual orange as opposed to vitamin C, it's uh, coming along with other aspects that allow you to make it more, uh, like there's other types of molecules in there that make it more... Um, readily available for you and that's i guess where that bioavailable term comes from is that kind of the principle there right it's not just one molecule that mm-hmm. you're delivering you're delivering a, a whole, whole slew of things yeah a whole compound of things yes yeah and that's how it you know how your body evolved again 
to take it up and, okay. and use it. Whereas if you're just giving it one, mm-hmm. then it's not. I okay. always think of uh, you know enzymes crossing a membrane, mm-hmm. and uh, let's say they need to pick up some vitamin in order to yeah. cross over that membrane, right? Yeah. Well, that if you think of it as a boat and it has two seats, so you're putting one vitamin in, but it needs something else. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to cross, well, if yeah. they're not bioavailable and not there, then it can't really cross that membrane. Yeah, or it's not so as effective. It, yeah. Yeah. So and then, so speaking on the absorption part of the foods and how we deliver them and how everything can be more bioavailable or not, um, a lot of that happens like in the stomach, in the gut, and everything. And I do want to touch on this for you because I've heard you talk about it a lot. Um, if you want to, is, is there a good starting point for the gut? that you think what what really happens in there um because that's something especially in cats and dogs uh with the gut itself like what really happens uh in there like absorption wise like the bacteria that are going on in there uh or certain issues that you see say if they're not on a raw food diet or high dry like a lot of dry food or something like that well i do believe that uh Dry food causes inflammation. It causes inflammation in the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I understand your question exactly right here. Um, but I do believe that a healthy gut is extremely important. Um, you do see a change in dogs. so uh, Because the immune system is basically wrapped around the gut. So 70 to 80% of the immune system are around the gut. So if you mm-hmm. start having inflammation in the gut, then you probably have... Um, other molecules that are not supposed to cross uh, the gut barrier cross into the bloodstream mm-hmm. and causing inflammation. So this that inflammation, we believe, actually um, affects other organs, whether it's the thyroid mm-hmm. or whether they have chronic um, anal glands or chronic ear infections mm-hmm. or um, eye discharge. I do believe that we see it in other ways. Mm-hmm. So, and how do you fix a lot of those problems by changing the diet or? Well, that would be your first thing, mm-hmm. um, changing the diet. Um, sometimes we use whole food supplements in order to help heal the gut. We use some Chinese herbs. Um, I believe in bone broth, but it has to be um, just bone broth, no um, no onions added. Mm-hmm. Um, How come? Because onions are not good for dogs. Why is that? They react to it. It's toxic. Oh, is it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I'm just... <laughs> Sorry, I no, don't no. even think about it. I just say onions are not good for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I usually look at those aspects. Um, I mean, there are many other things that we use and add. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a... Um, so if you have a sick animal, I usually go to a home-cooked diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from then, see what else... like See where we go, kind of go with the body. I do believe that you have to listen to the body. Sometimes you add something... Mm-hmm. And it sort of acts, um, I always think of it, it, it's like an onion that you peel. Mm -hmm. Like you start doing something in the right direction and all of a sudden other layers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like other issues arise or? Well, they're they're more apparent and then you can be a little bit more targeted. And address them. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. But the first thing I always like to do is, um, uh, depending on what issue we see, maybe do a, liver detox diet and then move to a uh, for animals for pets yeah okay 
the liver detox diet um, and then move to a healing gut diet. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Like what does the liver detox diet look like? And then that healing gut diet, what what are the, like the types of foods that you see in there? Well, there's a, I go by Dr. Jean Dodds. She's okay. from Hemopet. Okay. Um, she has Hemopet and uh, she has a liver detox diet that I actually recommend. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole recipe there for a few weeks. Okay. And I like to start with that. And then I'd like to use uh, some standard process, enteric support, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I also use Balance It. It's another um, program. Mm -hmm. um, and go from there. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. see how they do. And we've had, you know, many cases where it really worked. Okay. Yeah. It is more time consuming than going and buying a bag of food. Uh, yeah. But the other thing too that well I didn't mention yourself, before. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, we do. Not a lot of people do. <laughs> but but um, one thing that I always want to mention is too, is uh, when you buy a bag of food that has a look at the expiration date, sometimes that's two years out. Now you open the bag of food the oil that is in that food and oils obviously are very important. Mm -hmm. The omega three and omega sixes specifically, mm -hmm. um, even for pets, they go rancid as soon as you open the bag. Like how soon after? Well, it doesn't take long. Just leave some oil out and you can yeah. smell it. So, so on how a, on it's a dry not going? Uh, just take regular oil and see how okay. soon it goes rancid. Yeah, but I'm know? when I'm talking about the um. So what what type of food are you talking about that when you open it it goes rancid? Is that dry food even or dry food, yep. Okay. The oils in the dry food I'm saying. But uh, if you okay, okay. look at the bags, the expiration date of the bag itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense cuz it's would sealed be, and then Well, we get the bags in mm -hmm. and you look at the expiration date. Um I mean there there are uh, diets that are very specific for certain conditions, health conditions, like urinary diets and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they don't have um, a place. They do have a place. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not talking about those diets at this point. I'm just talking about regular food diet, uh, yeah. regular diets that are out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't want to mention any names, but yeah. um, there are obviously now, we're lucky in this day and age that there are more and more um, healthy diets um, coming out that are more available. Now, they're not necessarily cheap, but mm -hmm. um, again, if you have a healthier dog, you probably won't have to go to the vet as often yeah, <laughs> for true. certain conditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's either a healthy diet or medicine at some point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then how do you usually approach that? Do you, do you address the diet first or do you try and do kind of a... Um, what is it? Integrated approach, right? That's the word, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so is that how you guys tend, tend to approach it? or? Well, it depends on, mm -hmm. um, you know, some clients don't want to cook. They don't cook for themselves. They don't want to cook for the pet. Okay. So we try and pick maybe a commercial diet that is good. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, to make it a little bit easier. To make Cause, it easier. Because people can be pretty busy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so we go from there. And mm -hmm. then it's sometimes they have to budget you know yeah um so we just try to help them find what's best yeah. for their pet mm -hmm. so the results you know can vary yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. perfect but the main thing is to basically educate them mm -hmm. and you know pizza is probably not the right treat yeah if your dog's begging for the pizza it's mm -hmm. might just 
Yeah, give might it not a piece be the of best chicken. Give it a piece of chicken, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, before we close this out here, um, what would say, what were your, would you say, are your basic general tips when it comes to diet um, for, I want to I want to do the dogs and the cats, because I know that's they're totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Diet-wise, well, the, not totally, but th- they're certainly different diet-wise, as we already, st- we established that in the beginning. You've got the Mm-hmm. cats can only eat certain things and then dogs can mm-hmm. eat a little bit more mm-hmm. but what would you say are your general basic tips to improve like what would that diet look like well i would not have them on dry food that's your first step mm-hmm. and the next step would probably be um if you have to put them on a uh, better brand canned diet um, mm. or put them maybe on a uh good commercial raw diet mm-hmm. um, I know people are worried about diseases but you actually have more um, recalls on dry food than you actually have on raw food mm-hmm. oh they're worried about salmonella for example oh okay uh, but there are more dry food diets that are actually recalled yeah. rather than okay I didn't know that diets yeah does that and then you can uh Real quick, the salmonella example are because dogs can can they not eat? They can eat raw chicken, right? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's they where can't. the that's the issue. They can or can? They can. We can't. Yeah, we can't because we the salmonella comes from that, right? Or I I, I always forget what it's from. Is it from the eggs? Chicken. Is it from yeah. just chicken in general? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How come? What allows the what allows dogs to be able to do that better? Um, because I. Th- in the stomach, their pH is lower. Okay. I think we have a 3.4. Dogs have a 1.3. Okay. And uh, that it kills sits, it. Yeah, and it sits in the stomach longer. Your gastric emptying time is probably an hour to an hour and a half. For a okay. dog, it can be four to eight hours. So, okay. So it's different. Why? Why is that? Is that that's just like how evolutionary? It, yeah. They're mm. carnivores. You're not. <laughs> yeah. So carnivores in general have a longer gastric emptying time. I don't know the comparison to, well, I wouldn't say that because you have ruminants. Okay. um, Well, they have multiple stomachs. That's right. So Mm. I don't know all the times. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't ask you to remember every single gastric (laughs) emptying time of every animal out there. But, um, and I guess that allows the dogs to, because if they're eating raw food, I guess they have to be able to kill off the bacteria that are in there and make sure that they don't get sick. Right. Yeah. So interesting. And then you have the, I just really quickly wanted, so back to uh, um, your general basic idea for a pet diet. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on, <laughs> before I interrupted you, uh, we were at uh, take them off the dry food, go more of a wet food if you want a raw food. Mm-hmm. And then we just touched on that you actually see more recalls on dry food than you do on raw food, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have home cooked diets. But they have to be balanced. Yeah. I always want to say that they have to be balanced. Yeah. And then. Um, so, like, what have, are the typical you have foods? Choices. Nowadays, you also have choices where you have dehydrated um, vegetables or vegetable mixes. Okay. And I like that too because um, then you can actually get your own protein and add the protein mm-hmm. and make the own meal. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. And yeah. then for how about cats? cats um i still stick usually with i recommend certain uh commercial diets same thing though Mm -hmm. 
I don't like them on dry food because cats tend not to drink as much. Um, they're interesting. Really, yeah. they don't drink as much just water. Or yeah, and we have found that uh, for dogs, for example, they have certain diets for urinary issues, and they they increase the salt content. A dog will actually go and drink more and flush it out, but cats don't in general. Because of the dry food. No, the the diets for the urinary issues. Okay. There are some out there, and they have a higher salt content. Okay. And uh, cats, just because you add the salt, okay. doesn't mean that they drink more. Dogs uh, okay. will, but cats don't. Okay. They evolved from desert animals, so they don't okay. necessarily drink that much. All right, interesting. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. And then, drink more. so once you move them off that dry food, you want to go towards. You want to have at least a wet diet, mm-hmm. or again, look at the brands. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a high carb diet. I always say a low carb diet, mm-hmm. or grain free. Yeah. Um, and uh, even you know there are raw foods out there for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's interesting because people we we tailor our diets a lot, and then. I guess sometimes we ascribe our diets onto our pets and that necessarily can't be the best thing sometimes, right? That's right. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that there are different species. Yeah. So their digestive tract acts differently. Yeah. So you can't just take our how our digestive tract and how it functions. And I mm-hmm. think we're learning more and more about it. Yeah. Um, you know, all the microbiome things that are going on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning more about that. You can't transfer that to your pet at home. All right, cool. Yeah. And then, so yeah, once you get them on the dry food, do you do raw food for cats as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they function real well on that? Well, we have a, what, 16 year old Siamese doing mm-hmm. very well on his raw diet. Yeah. Now, so I know you said you adjust the age. Once the age, you want to do more home cooked for dogs. Is it a little different with cats then? Because he's 16, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, I think when they're older, they probably benefit from a slightly cooked diet, yes, mm-hmm. because it's just easier to digest. Oh, it's not as taxing on their system. And yeah, I mean, okay. you don't want to well, cook it, takes it all the way. Yeah, it takes energy it to helps. digest things. Right. And when you're older, you I guess they're not mm-hmm. as able to. Mm-hmm. And in the wild, things don't generally live till like their old age. They d- they get hunted or something, right? Well, I guess there are cases for for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like in like for a house cat, mm-hmm. they would probably they live much older. I'm guessing like the average house cat probably live much older than i think a barn cat would probably live longer you think so yeah huh why well if or potentially could live longer yeah i mean if it's uh somewhat protected okay but they have the perfect diet which is mice <laughs> oh okay because <laughs> i'm thinking like oh well if you have the cat on the correct diet at home like a house cat mm-hmm. then like yeah, well, you also have some exercise there. And I oh, think it's yeah, good yeah. for them to be out. And okay, yeah, I didn't think of it that know, way. Even like the sunlight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to put everything in perspective. Of course, you know, in a barn, could they be hunted by foxes and so forth? Absolutely. But okay. 
Um, I never thought of it that way. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. All right. And then, so we've got for dogs, we've got the raw food. But I don't know the statistics on it. So I don't know. I mean, either. I don't know either. <laughs> no, I was just, was just thinking about it. <laughs> but so for dogs, just to recap real quick, we've got, we've got them generally on a raw food diet, except when they're young and they're older. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then is, we'll touch on it. Maybe I'll have you on another time. We'll touch on it, but I want to talk about what the actual composition of, unless you want to go into it real quick right now, the actual composition of that raw food. Well, the canine ancestral diet, I think is 46% uh, protein, 44% fat. Okay. And the rest is carb. And then you put some organ meats in there, right? Well, there's a mix of organ meats. Yes. Cause they so would be eating everything basically of the animal right. that they could. Yeah, and then for cats, you're generally raw most of the time, right? Well, again, the perfect food for a cat would be probably a mouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing people aren't going to be running around buying mice <laughs> and then feeding it to their cats. No. Nope. So you generally just do the regular raw food and... Well, there's Yeah, I'm not into cooking for cats specifically. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't want to make huge recommendations on that. I mean, I just go by... Uh, you know, well-known and good commercial diets out there, and I look at the ingredients and see what works for mm-hmm. the cat. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything you want to close out by saying? Is there anything you want to let the people know? <laughs> um, not sure. Um, I know they all love their pets, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of clients that love their pets too much, mm-hmm. so they have weight issues. Mm-hmm. But I do see where if you feed them right, that the weight usually comes down, energy comes back, mm-hmm. the coat is usually shinier, mm-hmm. the eyes are brighter. So a good yeah. diet for your pet definitely makes a big difference All if right. you have them longer. There you go. Yeah, All that's right. That's the goal, right? Yes. All right. Thank you for coming on, Mom. I really appreciate you slotting out the time to talk about the food and everything. It means a lot to me also coming on to my podcast and everything. And I was glad I was able to bring you on for something that you're really knowledgeable about and that you enjoy talking about. So I had a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. Maybe we'll do it again. All right. All right. All right. Love you. Love you too. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, en- I enjoyed having my mom on and kill the rest of the week. You know how it is. And feed your pets right. Feed your pets right. I know you guys feed yourselves right, but some people don't. They don't always think about what they got to feed their pets. All right. Thank you, guys. And enjoy the rest of the week. Bye.